0: You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HT Smartcast. Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money. I'm Satya Sundaram from Mint's Personal Finance Team. In this episode, we'll try to get answers on how to read credit ratings before investing in debt instruments. Credit rating for any instrument represent borrower's credit worthiness with respect to repayment of principal and interest to the depositors. We all know that companies with good credit rating and safe to invest in are usually given AAA rating and those with weaker financial ability are given lower rating. But how are these credit ratings given? Can investors rely on these ratings? What to do when an agency downgrades credit rating of a company is all we know in this episode. To discuss about it, we have with us Jitin Makkar, Vice President and Head Credit Policy at ITRA. He's been with the company for more than 14 years. Now, without any further ado, let's start the episode.
1: Hi, welcome to Why Not Mint Money? A personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started on your money journey.
0: Jitin, my first question is about what happens in the rating uh, process. Uh, Investors just look at the ratings. The thought process goes like, okay, AAA means safe, just single A means high-risk instrument. Uh, We would like to know from you on what happens in the back-end. Can you give us a brief on what parameters are considered to rate the instruments?
1: Forward-looking opinions on the ability of an entity to honor its debt servicing obligations in a timely manner. And that is reflected through the rating symbols, as you mentioned, it's a 20-point rating scale, AAA being the highest, B being the lowest. That's a 20-point rating scale, and we have to do this uh, rank ordering on a relative basis. Since you're trying to uh, establish the ability of the entity to make good its debt servicing obligations on a prospective basis, you need to judge that on a going forward basis, what type of risks that the entity is going to be facing, what kind of cash flows it is going to be reporting, And those cash flows, in reference to the scheduled debt servicing obligations, what is the level of, uh, what is the factor of safety? So, if the factor of safety is high, the rating can be much higher and vice versa. Now, uh, to give an example that uh, how judgment can be so nuanced. there, There could be a situation where the entity is, let's say, reporting a superlative growth. Now, if now an equity investor can think that uh, that good, that's good for the earnings, that's good for the stock price. But from a credit analyst standpoint, there is this uh, other way also, other perspective also to look at, which is that a high superlative growth can is of, often also accompanied by strains on liquidity, uh, strains on the ability of the entity or the management to deploy the adequate level of resources to manage that growth. And we have seen multiple instances in the past, where high growth did not mean low risk. In fact, it meant the opposite. So judgment involves these uh, uh, nitty gritties uh, having uh, a grip over how the history of the entity has been and whether the future is going to be similar to what the history has been or there could be uh, this, the, the, the future could be much different, very different from uh, what the entity has uh, shown as its performance in the past. Uh, so again, coming back to your basic question as to how do we look at Credit risks, uh, these are these uh, various dimensions of uh, 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 business risk, industry risk, management risk, governance risks, uh, continuous risks, discrete risks. These are these, are, these are the various uh, touch points that we look at. Now, this is all a very straightforward way of doing fundamental analysis. At the same time, we do not operate in a vacuum. We also look at other market signals like the behavior of equity share prices, the behavior of bond yields, uh, media news, any adverse developments. So it's, again, an exercise in uh, isolation to the extent that you do not get biased by external elements. You stick to the first principles, stick to the fundamental analysis, while at the same time not ignoring what the market is perceiving about a particular entity in terms of its risk characteristics.
0: I understand. I'm sure it's a very uh, detailed and in-depth process uh, itself. You mentioned that ICRA's ratings range between AAA and T, AAA being the safest. Um, My next question is how can an investor make investment decisions based on it Uh, in case of uh, maybe say a moderate risk appetite investor, what rated instruments are best avoided, do you think?
1: So as far as the credit ratings are concerned, they only speak of the credit risk. But an investor may also want to look at multiple other dimensions of risk. For example, market risk or liquidity risk, liquidity in the sense the, the the liquidity in the instrument itself. Uh, the instrument is traded in the market, how liquid is that instrument? For example, a government security would be a more liquid asset compared with a corporate bond uh, of an issuer who might be AAA but is not accessing bond markets as frequently and hence uh, from the investor's standpoint. uh, In the investor's times of need, when it wants immediate cash, it might not be able to sell off that security, that AAA bond, because of inadequate market liquidity. So the investors' motivations could be beyond credit risk, but if we only speak of those investors who want to hold until maturity, and uh, which means that you just take liquidity risk or the valuation of the bond risk, that out of the equation, and you're only solely focusing on the credit risk, then certainly this rank ordering, which is reflected in the level of the rating, that's a good marker, that's a good proxy of deciding whether a particular paper or a particular entity is riskier compared with uh, a paper which is rated, let's say, double B.
0: So, uh, do you think an investor should do additional checks about the cash flow position or the liquidity position of a company uh, issuing the debt instruments even after considering the rating agency's rating? Uh,
1: I think the on-balance-sheet liquidity aspect is encapsulated, is subsumed within the credit rating assessment. So the credit rating does take into account the health of the the balance sheet and the liquidity position of the balance sheet uh, and its access to uh, external sources of financing. The rating rationales that rating agencies are required to publish, uh, they not only publish the credit rating, which is the outcome, the final alphabet outcome, but also they uh, they are required to disclose uh, specific comments on the liquidity position of the entity. And in fact, uh, SEBI in 2019 had also introduced, made it mandatory to disclose the liquidity descriptors of entities, whether the liquidity is uh, superior, strong, adequate, stretched or poor. So again, these adjectives were introduced. Uh, So to answer your question, again, uh, succinctly, uh, uh, the credit rating is is the end end outcome, but uh, within that the liquidity assessment is subsumed and the rating rationals of rating agencies not only speak about the end credit rating, but also the liquidity descriptor associated with the issuer.
0: Okay, so if the investor can access the credit report uh, for a particular issuer, they can actually see the liquidity position of the company as well in that report uh, in terms of uh, one of these metrics, as you just mentioned.
1: That is correct. And that report is freely available on the websites of the rating digits. Understood. And uh, just to just to drive home this point further, just uh, there could be a situation where the entity has uh, very strong liquidity, but its credit rating is relatively low because there are various other list risks other than uh, a weak liquidity position which bogged down the credit rating. And conversely also, there, there could be an entity which does not have uh, superior or superlative liquidity but then it might have various other mitigating aspects, mitigating factors which push up its rating. So, there is no direct correlation between liquidity and a credit rating. Of course, they are interlinked but there is no direct correlation
0: understand understand uh but you know there were in instances in the past when we have seen that even in investment grade instruments had defaulted why do you think such instances happened
1: i think one of the fundamental reasons is that uh, con- uh, in contrast to the field of science the field of credit analysis or analysis in general there are a lot of differences uh, there are no Laws of uh, gravity or laws of thermodynamics, as they are in physics, and you could very accurately pinpoint and predict the position of an electron. Uh, in case of credit ratings, you're trying to uh, navigate through a large maze of uh, complicated factors that uh, uh, could impact the creditworthiness of an entity. And as I mentioned earlier, that through the credit rating exercise, in some way, the credit rating agencies are also trying to play God in the sense that you're trying to predict the future. That is any, in any way it's, uh, an exercise which is loaded with complexity and uncertainty. So yes, there are analytical failures because of which an investment grade rating is prone to default. But otherwise, by and large, if you look at the default statistics, the default rates of uh, AAAs versus, uh, as you go down the rating scale, uh, the various rating categories, you would notice that, uh, at that least in the case of uh, ICRA ratings, there is a good degree of ordinality. Meaning that as you go down the rating scale, the default rates start increasing. Which is a testimony to the fact that on a portfolio level, AA rated entity is less likely to default compared with an A rated So at a portfolio level, things uh, look reasonably healthy. But yes, it does not preclude the fact that even an A rated entity is prone to default. Because if it was not prone to default, it would have been rated AAA
0: understand I understand this is such a relief but uh you know this brings to a next question on to what extent investors can rely on ratings for investment decisions Chitin?
1: uh well the arrogant answer could have been that uh, the rating agencies are doing their a great job and hence the investors should only rely on credit ratings but that uh, just takes me back to uh, 1960s when Leonardo Reed had written this uh, wonderful essay called I pencil in which the message was that even a humble pencil cannot claim that it can be manufactured a single soul who has all the know-how all the skill sets so the point i'm trying to make is the analogy that i'm drawing is from the investor standpoint uh, one cannot rely on a single source of information to take investment decisions certainly credit ratings have been in this business they have the necessary skill sets and the expertise to do credit analysis and they have uh, done a good service for the financial markets and the capital markets uh, but yes, KV emptor, as the saying goes, buyer beware, uh, uh, the investor also has to do their own analysis. The credit ratings that the credit rating agencies assign, they could be just one component of the decision making process of an investor.
0: One rating agencies, do you think an investor will be better off using ratings from two rating agencies and not just one rating agency?
1: Uh, I think uh, in terms of diversity of opinions, Multiple, rating, multiple ratings from multiple sources could certainly add value to the investor, not just in terms of the uh, ratings that the individual rating agencies would have assigned, but also in terms of the commentary and the explanation of the risk factors that would have gone behind the rating decision for, of the respective rating agencies. So I think that's that could be a key value add from the investor's standpoint. Diversity of opinion plus the explanation around the reason why a particular rating has been decided by a given rating.
0: So just to reiterate, it's not just the rating that investor has to focus on, it's also the explanation that is given on why that particular rating has been uh, derived at. is also very important that investors have to keep note of, right? That's correct. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, Jithan rating is not a one-time exercise. Very few investors may keep a track of subsequent rating once invested. Now, what is the validity period of ratings, and you know how periodically ratings are issued as per the regulations?
1: Uh, see, as per the regulations, uh, a rating is supposed to be uh, reviewed and monitored on an ongoing basis till the currency of the loan, till the loan is entirely repaid, or the investors say that the rating is no longer required. We are we live in a dynamic world, and uh, we are we are supposed to monitor not just uh, the quarterly statements that the that the entity publishes. But there could be so many events in between, events which might be beyond the control of the entity, some regulation changes, or some macro event happens which has a bearing on the entity. So yes, uh, based on uh, these ongoing developments, the ratings need to be monitored. Uh, and again, going back to the question that you had asked, trying to answer that very straightforwardly, the answer will be that ratings are the moment the, so long as the rating is there out in the public domain the investor can assume that that rating is being regularly monitored. In okay. fact, on a monthly basis, the rating agencies seek feedback from various stakeholders. We keep engaged with the management, we keep engaged uh, with the company's bankers uh, and try and follow the news items and things like that, so that uh, we do not miss out on any adverse or favorable department. Okay, okay. And, and
0: when ratings are downgraded by a rating agency, you know, what steps should an investor should take? Is it a time to panic and redeem all the instruments? Or how will outlook of ratings help here to be prepared?
1: No, certainly a downgrade does signal that there is a weakness in the credit quality of the entity. Now, how should the investor react? That would depend on the investor's own style of investing and the thresholds that the investor has set for himself or herself uh, in terms of staying invested. Uh, There are insurance companies or pension funds as an investor class who are not allowed by regulations to invest in papers below a certain threshold. Uh, and uh, if those types of investors are there, then they are, they, are, they are supposed to be even more vigilant in terms of any rating changes. But yes, as I said, that uh, it's a very investor-specific call. A downgrade from AAA to A may not create uh, ruffles for one investor, but even a single-notch downgrade from AAA to AA Plus, could mean havoc havoc in terms of, let's say, mark-to-market losses that uh, a mutual fund investors might have to recognize. Uh,
0: Jitin, my next question is something that you would have been asked a Chilean number of times already. Uh, You know, if the issuer or the company is paying for the rating, how does a credit rating agency maintain its independence? What are your views
1: on that? I think that's a fair question and a commonly asked question, as you rightly mentioned. So I think, uh, let's try and discuss about this based on what are the alternatives. The alternative could be that the investor pays for the service. The alternative could also be that the government pays for the service. And uh, research shows that when these three competing models, business models are analyzed, uh, every model has its pros and cons. It's not that one model is uh, deficiency free. So in that sense, not just in India, but also internationally, the go-to business model has been the issuer pay model, with the simple reason that it is the least worst business model in terms of uh, the cons that that it has. Uh, But yes, the fact remains that how do we address the limitations of this model? How do we address the conflict of interest aspect? That the issuer is paying for the service, and as a rating agency, how do you ensure that the market's interests are best served and bias does not creep in because uh, the rating agency is being paid by the issuer. So I think internally the way the system works is that you try and make sure that the analytical team which is involved in understanding and analyzing the company is completely isolated from the commercial considerations. The analyst teams do not know what is the fee that the entity is paying to the rating agency. That is one way. Uh, The other way could be that uh, the analysts who are involved in those case execution, those assignments, uh, they do not stay with that assignment for way too long. There should be a rotation of uh, the analytical team also, uh, so that you're able to address biases that might have crept in over a period of time. And finally, the people who are involved in in the analysis, the team that is, and the team that is involved in ultimately deciding the rating, they are distinct. There are analytical Uh, there are analysts who would be interacting with the management, analyzing the cases, analyzing the case facts, trying to track and monitor the various risks from all types of uh, perspectives. And they are required to present their report, present their analysis to a group of uh, senior uh, analytical team members who would not have been involved in the case, who would not have been involved in discussions with the management. uh, And they are called the rating committee. So with this system, whereby the analytical team who is involved in the analysis and the rating committee which is involved with in the decision making they do not they uh, uh, they they're, the, they're not the common folks so in that sense again there is another layer another system through which any biases that can creep in they are tried to address I
0: understand uh, another common uh, question that usually investors have is who is regulating the rating agency
1: uh, the primary regulator for for all rating agencies in India is uh, sebi uh, and SEBI regulates uh, the debt securities which are listed in India, but there is a large market for bank facility ratings. Now bank facilities, bank loans come under the purview of the RBI. Uh, so whenever uh, some regulations relating to how ratings are to be assigned for bank facilities, that question comes up, then this comes, this falls under the jurisdiction of the RBI. I
0: understand. This has been a very helpful uh, session, uh, Chitin. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, that's all from our side. Sure. Thanks a lot, Satya. Thank you so much. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Sontanam S-A-T-Y-A S-O-N-T-A-N-A-M Or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com Bye-bye.